0: Two, three, go. Okay. Welcome to Sports Med Res's This Week in Review podcast, where we highlight the recent news in sports medicine research. Over the past week, we've had two posts on sportsmedres.org. That's res.org. In the first post, we summarized a study where the authors found that people with chronic ankle instability have impaired dynamic balance and increased gluteus maximus activation compared with healthy individuals despite similar movement patterns. Ultrasound imaging may help detect altered muscle activation during functional tasks. In the second post, we highlighted the International Hip-Related Pain Research Network's consensus recommendations on the classification, definition, and diagnostic criteria of hip-related pain in young and middle-aged adults. Now if we take a closer look at that first post, we find that the authors conducted a cross-sectional study to compare gluteus maximus and medius activation based on ultrasound imaging during dynamic Y-balance tests between people with and without chronic ankle instability. The authors recruited 20 young adults with chronic ankle instability based on the International Ankle Consortium Guidelines, and 20 recreationally active people without a history of an ankle sprain. All participants completed three trials of the Y-Balance test. Participants wore an ultrasound belt to hold the transducer at a fixed location throughout testing. The authors collected unilateral ultrasound images of the gluteus muscles during quiet stance, and at the point of maximum reach during the Y-balance test. Based on this data, they could then estimate muscle activation by dividing the muscle thickness during the task by the thickness during quiet stance. The authors also performed motion analysis to assess hip, knee, and ankle sagittal plane kinematics. On average, people with chronic ankle instability failed to reach as far anteriorly during the wide balance test as the control group. However, there were no differences in reaching posteriorly. People with chronic ankle instability also had a greater gluteus maximus activation ratio compared to control participants when reaching anteriorly. The two groups had comparable ankle, knee, and hip motion. This study is interesting because the authors reported a difference in functional muscle activation during an anterior functional reaching task in people with chronic ankle instability, despite having similar lower extremity movements. People with chronic ankle instability seem to have adopted a compensatory strategy to rely on the gluteus maximus for stabilization to overcome potential weakness around the ankle. These new findings are interesting because previous research has shown decreased hip extension strength in people with chronic ankle instability. It would have been helpful to see what the muscle activity was like within the surrounding muscles, such as the hamstrings, as well as more distal muscular stabilizers, such as the peroneal or tibialis anterior muscles. Regardless, the authors recommend that asking patients with chronic ankle instability to perform single limb balance or squatting tasks may help them adopt a more favorable hip strategy during functional tasks. Another novel aspect of this study was the use of ultrasound imaging to observe muscle activation which could offer a method for immediate biofeedback. It would be interesting to see if cueing or other exercises might provide a quick feedback strategy for a patient to make adjustments and what long-term effects may occur from this feedback. In the meantime, this study offers clinicians with musculoskeletal ultrasound units a new strategy to identify potential muscle activation impairments. Furthermore, this study reminds us of the importance of addressing the entire kinetic chain when designing a rehabilitation program for someone with chronic ankle instability. Don't forget that we also share extra material on social media. This week's most popular post was an article in the Journal of Athletic Training that offered a concise resource on patient-reported outcome measures in sports medicine. And if you're an athletic trainer who's looking for evidence-based practice CEUs, then please check out our six online evidence-based practice courses available through the Human Kinetics website. We will have links to our summaries, the courses, and the article on our website and in the show notes. Remember, you can always follow us on Twitter, Facebook, or LinkedIn. We'll be back next week with more sports medicine research. Until then, have a fun one.